Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Penalty Loop Podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop and a regular guest, RJ Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. Merry Christmas, RJ. Merry early Christmas. Yeah, so it's uh, a white it's a Christmas few... for you. White beach, yeah. white sand. Yeah, white sandy, white, sand. white sandy beach. Beach. Hey, it got it got chilly here this week. We got uh, we got down. Um, you know, we had a little cold front come through. We had a ton of rain and and then a cold front and and it got chilly enough to to actually get a little fire going and uh, and you know we'll we'll be totally warmed up in in a couple of days just in time for Christmas. So it's going to feel like Florida again, but yeah, we got a taste. And just remind me, chilly is what twelve degrees Celsius. Twelve, yeah, that's about right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is that not chilly? To you? Is that not chilly to you at all? <laughs> no, but you know what? We've had actually pretty um, mild weather so far. Yeah. Um, we had one cold spell, but usually by now we've had at least two cold spells. And by that, I mean, you know, four or five days in a row of minus 20 or colder. So it's been really mild. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see that the range in Camor can be pretty tricky because, um, sometimes the wind comes through the kind of the valley and you can just feel a change from, uh, you know, just a cold wind to like a, a freezing cold wind that kind of goes right through your clothes and mm. makes you chill right away. But um, don't even want to think about that. I know it's going to happen to me before I know it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, and that's uh, why everybody always wears and brings lots of layers, right? Cause mm-hmm. like scarves quickly scarves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're scarves always useful. Always useful. Yeah. So, um, all right. Any, uh, any, any Christmas traditions, anything that uh, you guys are going to be doing in the next few days? Um, the typical, you know, family visit, uh, we're going to have family over in our, in our place as well. And we hopefully will get some, uh, downhill skiing in Ooh. and, uh, the, tra- the traditional part that I completely neglect, but luckily I have a, a friend with Dutch roots and that's uh, December fifth is Sinterklaas, not to be confused with Santa Claus. They're two different people. <laughs> yeah. Okay, who uh, visits Holland, coming from Spain. What? And uh, yeah, there is a whole tradition. You may actually it it may have been in the news even here because um, there was a so Sinterklaas is always accompanied by. Um, Black Peets, which traditionally, if I remember correctly, were the people that assisted Sinterklaas mm. to go down the chimneys and um, deliver the, the presents at the bottom of the fireplace. Um, that has led to many uh, protests and acquisitions and um, fights in politics and everything. But the, I guess the tradition is that Sinterklaas comes over and hands out presents to the, the good kids. And hmm. um, that's the other thing, whips the kids that were bad with a bunch of branches. Goodness. So it's, you know, it, uh, <laughs> it seems a little to different. back a little bit to uh, <laughs> 200, 300 years ago. But um, the tradition was yeah. always fun. And, and what I like most is so you would draw each other's name. 
prior to Santa Claus. And then you had to buy usually a small present, but then you had mm-hmm. to wrap it in a way that symbolized the present. Mm-hmm. So hmm. that was always a, a fun part. But uh, yeah, that tradition got lost with me. However, our Dutch friend still drops by uh, a chocolate letter. So it's uh, usually your first first name, first letter mm-hmm. in chocolate and some uh, some other candy candy stuff. So yeah, that's, that's more the traditional thing in December for Dutch people. But I, I think, you know, it, I just realized the other day, I've been gone for almost 20 years. So I'm sure things have changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Christmas is huge now, just as it is here. And um, yeah, Santa Claus is probably still celebrated, but maybe a little less uh, intense. Yeah. Santa Claus and La Bufana and Père Noël and all the, <laughs> the unique stories. No, I'm serious. Like I, I just, I, I like, I, you know, you, you grow up here and, and all, you know, you know, Santa Claus. And then mm-hmm. it's kind of fun to learn about all the different uh, Christmas traditions. There's a very American centric point of view, right? That of course, this is the way it is all over the world. It's just Santa Claus and everybody else has these silly things, but no, I think they're very cool. Yeah. For me, Indian, it's all about being together with family taking the time for each other not about who gets the biggest present no i always i always say if you if you really want to give me something just donate the money that you were going to spend on me to a good cause so um actually so it's funny you mentioned that but we did uh so our thing with this year was the save the manatee foundation um because i don't know if, if if you may not have even heard about it but last winter was really bad for manatees a lot of them were dying off so Hmm. Um, it's a sort of, it's a relatively local, fa- uh, uh, charity, but, um, they do a lot of good work. So if you're hmm. feeling so inclined and you love the environment, uh, save the manatees, like a lot of, there's one of the, one of the main places they come in during the winter is called blue Springs and it's about 45 minutes away from here. So it's, okay. uh, yeah, we go up there to, to go see the manatees a couple of times a year and it's really neat. Yeah, it's always a good time to realize how spoiled we are. Oh gosh. Right. It's. So speaking of spoiled, we've been spoiled with, uh, actually it was a pretty exciting first trimester of biathlon, right? Absolutely. And, uh, as, as usual, it caught me a little bit off guard when it was already, uh, there all of a sudden. And especially with that very long, was it two weekends in a row, basically? Yeah. In, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's hard to believe that, uh, I was already looking at the schedule for this weekend and I'm like, what's going on? I know. It's nothing yeah, on there. It's over. Yeah. yeah. And, uh. For a couple of weeks anyway. But we wanted to take a moment and just kind of recap everything we saw and celebrate uh, celebrate the first four weeks of racing. I guess four weekends of racing. And uh, yeah. Before we do that. Yeah. I wanted to do a shout out to uh, people that have been reaching out to us uh, on Twitter, Facebook, email. Mm, yep. Um, with either questions or just very kind comments. So uh, to those of you who have done that, we really appreciate it. And uh, we want to thank you seriously for taking the time to reach out to us. It means the world. Um, you know, you, yeah, we, we enjoy doing this. I think we've said it many times before, but uh, you know, uh, uh, RJ said it best the other day, just two guys babbling about biathlon, but um, you know, but we, we enjoy just chatting about it and it's in, in, in hearing, those things from you guys just means the world. Um, it's like, Hey, somebody's yeah. listening to us and enjoys it. So that's kind of neat. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, kind of wanted to start with just some big picture things. Um, one thing that we 
anticipated would maybe play a role and affect the racing was uh, the impact of the floor ban and and the how waxing and ski prep would would impact the races. And one thing that we didn't necessarily expect would impact the racing was COVID. Um, and I'm just kind of curious uh, how you you know now that we're uh, we're a month or so into the racing, how do you think uh, each affected or didn't affect you know kind of what we saw and i guess we can start with the the waxing and the the ski prep um i mean it's always uh uncertainty how much is related to the waxing but i the one thing that i was a bit worried about was uh that you know country like norway would be far ahead because they just have so much more budget Mm -hmm. um and it definitely didn't feel like they had a an advantage every weekend with, with their nope. wax. Mm-hmm. Of course they had good races and bad races, but um, I would say generally they definitely didn't seem to be always hitting the mark. And um, I'm happy to see that because I mean, they're strong as it is, as we all know. So yeah. um, it seems like that the, the change in waxing is at least not to their benefit. No, Um I- and it seems like different nations are hitting it at, at different races. Even the Germans look pretty strong wax-wise, but then they also had races where I think there was one where the men did really well and the women, you know, they barely move along. So um, <laughs> I, it's still, it's interesting, right? Because, I mean, I I originally thought that, you know, non-fluor wax has always been there already, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of new products on the market for the for the racing world that uh, are probably based upon what was already available for non-fluoride. But yeah, it's like I said, it's hard to to really know what how much the impact is. But I definitely mm-hmm. didn't. It, it doesn't seem like the bigger slash high budget nations have a big advantage so far. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better, and uh, in fact, I won't. So, um, but. In Norway didn't uh, dominate. Like I think there was a lot of panic that they might. Um, and I think they had <laughs> right. Right? You remember that that they no, had that first. No, but it's funny when when you say the worst. Oh, I Norwegian know. I think is in twelfth or whatever, and you I say know. the Norwegians are not <laughs> dominating. Not, not. <laughs> well, they didn't. <laughs> no, no, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, that that that's a fair point. <laughs> but I think coming out of the, uh, the the test races, right? I think a lot of people were worried mm-hmm. that it was it was going to be a completely unfair playing field, and and I think that as far as the wax and skis go, I think that you know I they right Norway is always pretty good at it, and they remain yeah. pretty good at it, but not more so than usual. Um, right. And like you said, the Germans look great in Sweden. Um, they uh, I think it was just this past weekend and and Linzerheide you were mentioning where the men had great skis they had like three guys in the in the top four so um Mm. so uh yeah and i think you'll you'll see these days where it's like the the czech team had really good skis or you know so just uh fun to to pick those out but i don't i don't think it's i don't think it's adversely affecting teams in a in a in a gross way that is really affecting the the quality of the racing um maybe just a little more variability the other thing was COVID, right? And we didn't necessarily think that now in 2023, 2024, what is this, what the fourth season impacted by COVID that we would see this many people uh, being Is it always COVID though? 
Do we know? Is that? Um, uh, I would say that 90% of the people who missed races mm. were for COVID. Yeah. Um, okay. And so, and I wanted to give you an example of one person who had completely slipped my mind. Uh, but uh, Roman Reese won the very first race of the season. Right. Do you know how many races he ran after that? Two. He ran three races and only scored three. points in one of them. Yeah. So, mm. um, yeah, I guess for a variety of different reasons, but yeah. So it's it's just interesting because I don't remember that happening and and the last few years we just saw i mean just a ton of people being sick and hopefully it so was do you sort of think a, they were just less cautious i think so and it, it's it to be fair it, it is it, every iteration of covid is a little bit more infectious than the one before it and uh, just speaking mm. from an epidemiological perspective it is just um or or an or an evolutionary perspective it is better for a virus it is more advantageous to be more more uh virulent also though they, this particular version seems to be mild, and I, I was fortunate enough to speak with a couple of athletes who had COVID um, in the first trimester, and they all said that their symptoms this time around were much more mild than when they had had it previously. Mm. And I think that might be why we're seeing people like uh, Vitazzi or Poitza come back pretty quick. I don't think that Vitazzi had COVID, but she was sick. And and they are still able to compete at a high level as opposed to taking a week or two to, to recover on the, on the way mm. back. So um, hopefully that means that this is a wake up call. We're going to see people be a little more, a little more cautious when racing gets started back in January. I just, I hate, I hate seeing, I hate seeing people out. I don't want them to be sick at all, but I also just hate seeing them out of the races. Well, and especially the, you know, being at the start of the season. And like you said, maybe people were just a little, no, I was going to say too uncautious, but, um, too easygoing. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of people got a quick reminder that uh, they still need to be yep. alert. And yeah, maybe we'll see masks again after uh, after the break. And it sounds like there's no change in, in the IBU policy. There's no official testing policy for the IBU that they have to test if they feel symptoms. It's all up to the different teams. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I know that some teams did go back to masking um, after the first week or two um, just because they were seeing such a rise in cases and um but I also think, you know, we, we've all like the last three years, we've been wearing yeah. masks so much. Like it's not that big of a, yeah. if, if I was an athlete, I, I totally wear one just yeah. because I wouldn't want to, you know, lose my chance. But especially when you put all the work in over the spring, summer and fall, right. you know, just don't want to mess anything yeah. up. So, um, any other like big picture things that you think, either played a role or, or, or involved? No, not really. Um, one, one big thing and, and it, and it, to be very honest, it really bugs me. The, uh, the non disqualification, uh, <laughs> yeah. of Strumsheim. I, yeah. I checked in with, uh, some people that volunteer for the IBU cup and the world cup in Camor and like, they didn't even let me finish my sentence explaining what happened. They said as soon as he, his hand crossed uh, the firing line, you should have been disqualified. Yeah. So I'm just, and, and even listening to other podcasts, they don't seem to, um, really feel that strongly. So it's probably just me and yeah. maybe I'm too much, too much of a rule follower, but I don't know, especially in the same weekend as um, 
you know, Stuart Holm look right accidentally shoots around. Yeah. Um, I personally just feel like it sends a, a bit of a bad message mm-hmm. that, oh, it's okay. Yeah. It's like, no. It's, yeah. To me, that, a rule like yeah. that is a zero tolerance, but we, we don't have to go all into no, it. No, no, but, no. Uh, I, I was just going to say, I agree. I think that when you're when you're dealing with guns, I think there should be a zero tolerance, right? It's not yeah. It's not a, a rule without a reason. And, um, right. you know, obviously nothing bad happened, but we just don't want to invite bad things. And it's happening. funny that some people say that, well, at least he took his skis off. And it's like, well, that's actually breaking, not a rule. Uh depending on how you define the term shooting, but I don't know. To, yeah. Like I said, my, uh, the people I asked that have been on world cups as, as volunteers, like they, they cut me off. They're like, oh, I don't have to explain the rest. He went over. So he's disqualified. So, so I told you're him, saying, just, you know, hold your breath for a sec when, uh, when it happens in Canmore here in March. Cause that's what I was going to say. So you're saying when it happens in Canmore, that there'll be a disqualification. Well, if they're volunteering in that lane, I don't know if volunteers get to call it uh, like that. But uh, yeah. anyway, yeah. that that was, yeah. It bugged me, was it two years ago that, that uh, of Schalke, something similar happened where yeah. an athlete uh, called for help and then an official reached over the line? Yeah. Or I think I think he might have actually jumped over and picked it up. <laughs> anyway, there, there's a couple <laughs> of examples. Yeah, it's a it's a shooting range. Um, like, let's, so, let's not let's not be idiots about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and and I thought um, Lenzer Haida as a new mm-hmm. venue um, stood out to me as a very sort of mature, like it didn't feel new. It, it felt mm-hmm. like they were, and I think they've had, had a lot of uh, cross country ski races there already. So mm-hmm. it's not like. They're completely new to to putting out the course and that kind of thing, but uh, no, it's still it was very well organized as you would expect in Switzerland. And, oh yeah, um, it's good to have another venue on the tour. So we'll we'll talk about we're going to talk about the uh, the recent released schedule later, but uh, I'm just going to plant a question in your mind: Should it be a regular stop? So we'll we'll come back to that. Um, um, oh, we'll come back. Okay, we'll come back to it. Yeah. So um, any uh, any just. Now we'll talk about something positive. Fun moments that stood out. Just like just they were just really fun, enjoyable things that happened. And and I I can start with one if you want. Well, I was thinking right away of that uh, where Elvira, Tandrevolt, Hannah, and I thought there was another athlete involved where they're all they weren't going to go for the win because I think that was settled. But then they were all fighting for for second place, and then uh, Elvira, I think just. Um, beat Hannah by a few seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, no, that, that that's uh, that kind of jumped up when you said that. But yeah. So um, similar story. I I I, we, I talked at length about it on the last podcast, but just uh, on the the pursuit this past weekend at Lunzerheide when Lagride and uh, JT Bo were shooting at the same time for in the last shooting for the win. Oh, um, just that, that, yeah, the in-sync shooting. I just thought it was, it was very cool. So, um, I thought that was awesome. Um, and I really enjoyed having, uh, seeing Viva come back so fast, like two months mm-hmm. after, after giving birth and she's out there racing again. So, um, yeah. and then, and then I, we mentioned her racing on the IV cup this past week and getting a seventh place. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. just, it's great. It was awesome to see her, her come back so quick. 
um, and just just be so happy, right? And just it was, it was yeah. it's always good to have her out there. And uh, now, do you now that I'm thinking more, um, just the joy of certain athletes. Uh, we had uh, Stromsheim, as mentioned before. Yeah, um, Hecky Gross. Yes, um, uh, her name escapes me. The Norwegian. Skogan. Uh, Skogan. So yeah. just athletes, Benny Dole, you know, th that mm -hmm. are not yep. regulars on the podium and that were just so happy. And I, I forgot which race it was. I even saw Lampich uh, cross the finish line in sheer jubilation, even though yeah. she wasn't a, a top six, but yeah. um, just for having a really good race. I mm -hmm. Maybe she had uh, one of her races where she shot over 50% or something, but uh It just it's just really nice to to realize how hard it is to actually win and yeah. how almost unattainable it is for certain athletes. So if they get into the top six or the top three, that, that just uh leads to a lot of happiness for them. So it was nice yeah, to see. Add Deidre went to that list yep. with her uh with yeah, her exactly. the sprint uh this last weekend. And then yeah. um yeah, so I and again I mentioned this on the last podcast, but just uh uh Justine. Yeah. Braise Boucher. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I got I gotta laugh. So um <laughs> just her her just her 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 weekend last it was the whole weekend, you know, and just from how awesome she looked on on while racing and then her just just the the total just mm -hmm. serenity of uh you know of her presence when you know on the on the podium. So yeah, it yeah. was it was awesome to see. Yeah, and I mean, talk about uh, questions being answered. You know, we had a couple no of kidding. questions coming yeah. into the uh, the season. One of them yeah. was, "How is she gonna be after being out for a year?" I think she was pretty clear in her answer. Uh, I saw this uh, by our good friend Biathlon Stats on Twitter, but he said that of the last four races that are the last four mass starts that she's competed in, she's won three of them. Hmm. She's pretty crazy. <laughs> like that's like yeah, and it's you know JT she's Boo not level. even. You know, with her fast skiing, usually you would think that she'd uh, be really good at the sprint because it's so uh, ski focused. Yeah, right. But um, so that kind of serves as a good uh, good springboard into. I just wanted to take a quick moment and and just look at you know I, we've talked a lot about some of these athletes. So like we don't really need to talk about her anymore. We we talked about length about her on the last podcast, but um, you know, looking at some of the other athletes in the top ten, top fifteen, and just kind of you know, how they've done over the course of the first, uh, the first trimester, like someone like, uh, Lisa Vitazzi kind of stood out to me as someone we haven't talked extensively about, but, um, she, yeah, she went a bit out, under the radar, but yeah, she started out with that win and then was kind of under the radar, but still yeah. there she is in fourth place. So, um, yeah. I, and, and she's shooting better than anybody on the women's circuit. And I, I just have to believe that, she will be in the mix the entire season. It's been, you know, I, I think for me, it's that last year, it was this really amazing story to see her there. And this year it's like, not even a thing at all. It's like, Oh, yep. There she is again. You know, um, it's just, she's all the way back. And I, I was really curious because she had that one race, uh, where she missed three in the prone, I think. Yeah. And I was, you know, really curious how she would deal with that. And it seemed like she picked it up really, uh, really well and didn't get too concerned. Didn't have too many flashbacks of, uh, you know, the end of 
uh, last season. So, I mean, that just shows how, because you can't get over it, but then fall back into it. But I think she just got over it and let it go. And now it was just a, a bad prone shooting period. That was it. Yeah, certainly so. did not did not stick around for her. Um, we have mentioned her, so I won't uh, spend a lot of time on her, but uh, Francisca Preutz. Yes. Not only seeing her in three events in a row, even though she missed uh, some as well, mm-hmm. um, but also being back strong. Yeah. Yep. Still, um, you know, with still a chance to, to or she's still competing for the overall. Oh yeah. So that's uh so I, I shared this really with you the other see. night. But um right now she has the best uh average finish. So her average place uh in races hmm. she's competed in is four point three. Um wow. uh and the next is tangible to five point five and the Vitazzi six point one, right? So it goes from there. And um so yeah, she 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 missed the races because of COVID, but she's gonna be right in this thing. Mm-hmm. It's nice, right? You, you, that was another person speaking of questions answered that we had not seen very much of at all the last two seasons because of injury and illness. Right. And, you know, the the last full season she had, she finished third overall. And we're like, oh, well, will, will that ever happen again? Well, right. she's right in the mix. Yeah. Um, Julia Simone, again, we've talked about her a little bit, but uh, looks like she's kind of found herself a little bit the last week or so. Um, and uh, we don't need to get into all the, the off the off the, you know, out of the bounds of biathlon things. But um, this past weekend, especially shooting fast uh, and, and racing dynamically. So um, right. Where she was, she, she was back in that sort of pursuit mentality of mm-hmm. chasing people down and just being a, being a bit of a, a bulldog. So. Um, and the only she- thing I can say about, you know, Simone and Justine Brejaboucher is that you can't really tell. I mean, they're pretty cold, mm-hmm. but. You yeah. don't know if I can't remember them being, you know, very huggy in the first place with each other. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's not uh, it's not like they're completely ignoring each other. It's no, still, right. You know, fist bump here and there, and yeah, right. And they they're still chatting with each other. So, yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think of uh, Hannah Uberg so far? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I'm at this point in, um, like I, the last couple of seasons, I've hoped that she was still going to improve. And of course that can still happen, but it, it, it kind of makes me feel that she's leveling at her top now. Yeah. Like this is kind of where she's going to be. Yeah. Where, you know, with, with Elvira, you feel like it could still get better. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've always thought that with Hannah as well, and it could still happen. But I just, you know, she's been kind of at this kind of that level of she can always win a race, but I don't see her win the overall anymore. I agree. Yeah. She'll she'll compete. She'll win a race or two mm-hmm. a year. Uh, but I think she just has too many, too many. She reminds me of like Simone before last year. Where not that mm. she has like really bad races, but she's just not consistently good enough. So her bad races yeah. aren't finishing fifth or sixth. Her bad races are finishing twenty five. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, like it's not like she's missing the pursuit, but it's just not enough to really accumulate points. Mm. Um, I do 
Like some that stood out to me was uh, uh, Arnick Life, who yeah. came out really strong. Uh, Heike Gross, as we mentioned, uh, Carolina Knotten mm-hmm. had a good start. Uh, Anna Maka, we've yeah. mentioned before. Yep. Um, and I mean, you mentioned her as well, but Deirdre, Deirdre Irwin in the top yes. 30 of the World Cup standings. That's yeah. Should not be over overlooked. Like she's had a really good uh, season so far. One hundred percent. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I, I have all these women tagged as you know people who have definitely taken a step forward this year. Um, I would I would add onto the list, and this is kind of a personal thing, but Tangervold, even though she was mm. already a top ten yeah. athlete, but it, it's it's a difficult step to go from top ten to wearing yellow and and being in contention overall. And I had. Right. Um, uh, did you mention Skogan? Well, uh, yeah, as as one that sort of stood out yeah. for celebrating so so much. But yes, yeah, she's yeah, in fourteenth, yeah. right? So yeah, and then another one that I saw, which was, and, and I have I don't know much about her. I'll be honest, but um, I, and and I apologize. Somebody on Twitter flagged her name for me, and it was just somebody I was watching. But Valentina Valentina Dimitrova is a, hmm. a Bulgarian woman. She's twenty years old, and um, she is currently 41st uh, in the in the overall. And it's just kind of somebody I've been watching, not because I'm expecting her to suddenly be in the top 10, but just, you know, she's had, you know, 29th, 26th, 24th, 31st. So um, a number of just like really nice, solid races. And that's even without racing the pursuit or the mass start this last weekend. So, And I don't think who, it's even that she got faster. It's more that she started shooting a lot better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So And, and shooting even a bit faster too. So, yep. And she's 20 years old and from Bulgaria. You just don't see that very much. Anyway, just right. just somebody who just caught my eye. And, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, there are a lot of women out there who I think we've talked about a lot in the past. Um, Anna Magnuson, uh, Yaslova, um, Lotili, uh, Anna Gondler, who kind of are, are fill out kind of like that middle area of the, of the right. pack. And uh, they're always fun to watch. But these are just in particular women that were kind of doing something cool, I thought. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned a lot of Lee. She, she had some issues with her shooting yeah. earlier on, but uh, yeah. still in, in 29th position. So top 30 right now. Yeah. It, well, and she was sick. I forgot. She was sick for yeah. uh, for the last weekend. So she would be even higher. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. And didn't she get her very, was like her best sprint finish ever. Um, am I remembering that correct? Yeah. She was 12th in the sprint and, um, okay. and, uh, and Hulk Filson. So um, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we. I wasn't say one other name is no Tuli Tomingas. Um, right. Yep. Start, currently seventeenth. Um, she yep. showed really well at the Summer Worlds, and that definitely is being backed up now. So her best ever before this year is forty sixth. I mean, that'd be one heck of a jump if she can keep this up. Yeah. No, I was going to mention to um, uh, Lou Jean Monod, who oh, of course call. because yes. of being sick. Yeah. Um, you know. Not quite where she was hoping to be after the first weekend, but still very impressive uh, start of the season. Oh, no kidding, right? Uh, one of only two women to win multiple races this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think uh, I'm hoping that we're going to see more of that. Uh, do you want to jump to the men? Um, just go. Oh, yeah. Did I mention Anamaka? You did. You just briefly, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I, she's just an athlete that I've never really noticed much, mm-hmm. and she kind of stands out to me 
this season. She's already 31, so it's not like she just came on a tour. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, she just started popping up in the uh, some of the race results, and she's she's made some big improvements in both skiing and shooting. So yeah, yeah. Well, and and um, you know, probably should shout out uh, uh, Natalia Sidorovich as well, um, Polish woman, because uh, yeah. she's only what 25, and uh, has I I will be honest, I had never seen her race before this season, so. Um, she had a couple of solid races early and just looks like she was gaining steam as the, as the mm-hmm. first trimester was going on. Yeah, we can jump to the men. Um, I, maybe this is just a me thing. And, uh, I, I kind of find the men's I think almost every year I find the men a little bit less interesting. I find J2 Bo's dominance I mean, that's really cool uh, to see and to watch that happen. But I, I just find the uh, sort of the, the race to race variability of the women's side a little bit more interesting. But I still think there's some guys that are out there that are having some some seasons that are worth celebrating, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, even within the Norwegian dominance, uh, you know, Stromsheim. Yes. Yep. I'm not really sure what to expect. He's in fourth right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the worst Norwegian on the list is in 15 Surum, who was on the IBU <laughs> Cup last year. Yeah, right. We won't have to go into the the depth of the Norwegian team, but uh, oh, we're going to do that later. Don't worry. <laughs> I've got a whole topic uh, but, set up about you know, it. the Germans. Germans uh, definitely had a, a great yeah. start of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and Samuelson were yeah. good, but you know, missing some races and yeah, probably. Not where, where especially Samuelson, I think, could be challenging for the yeah right higher spots. So his his finishes before missing time with COVID was seventh, fourth, first, third, fifth, and then mm-hmm. he misses a not just a weekend, but it's a weekend with three races. So sort of an extra little extra little dagger. And yeah. um, I mean, he's two hundred points back in the overall. He is about a hundred back, or not even eighty back from third place. So. You think about you know if he if he just races somewhere along those lines he'd be mm-hmm. easily in the top five um, of the overall probably if not third so he 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 was having a stellar season he looked so fast and and oh. you mentioned this maybe a week or two ago but it wasn't just his speed but it was sort of like a confidence or a maturity to him in his racing that that was in, it was but intriguing. also comparing I mean he only had five races this season but so far. Mm-hmm. He's improved on ski speed, his hit rate, and his yeah. range time. Right. So yeah, it, I mentioned earlier, right? So average finish. And he was for, not a slouch last year, right? It's not like we were talking about no. a top top thirty, higher top thirty athlete. It was he was already really strong. Yeah, he's been in the top ten, right? So, but I mentioned for points, I mentioned average finish, and for Samuelson, it's fourth, which is the best amongst men by a long way. Hmm. Johannes is. Uh, six point five, and then Tarje is seven point six. Philip Horn seven, uh, or seven point seven, which is a whole different conversation. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I, I mean, look, Samuelson is is having an awesome season, and just thinks that he missed three races, and that's what I was talking about with COVID. That um, they can really, ugh, you just don't want to see it. Right. His um, yeah, I mean, he, always fast, but now he's as fast as anybody. Right. I mean, yeah. Is is anybody? Would you say anybody's faster than him? Uh, maybe JT Bo by now. Yeah. 
Maybe, but maybe I'm, he's, yeah, it, but I want to see it. it. I want to see I him I think the cool thing is that we've seen different athletes being fastest on the day. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Dole at some point and JT Bo, yeah. of, of course, uh, Samuelson. So, and, and I'm sure there's a dollar was one of them that was fastest for the day. And mm-hmm. so it varies a lot, which is nice to see that it's not always the same. You could right. probably m- make a list of about 10 that are always higher up, but yeah. Um, but it's not, not it's not the same. same. It's not just JT Wu, JT Wu, JT Wu, JT Wu. Right. So, um, yeah, and you're right. Like he's shooting 85%. He's shooting a little bit faster this year. So, um, yeah, it was just a sort of an, an overall improvement. It's what you want to see. Uh, talking about some athletes that you don't always, well, I don't recall seeing a lot in the top uh, of speed was uh, DJ Biona from uh, Italy. Ooh, yes, yes. He uh, is definitely one that... It's one of those names that you keep seeing in the top 10, top 20. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where he, I don't necessarily call seeing him there. So um, that's really cool to see. And he's in 19th. Um, worst finish of the year is 28th, which is, yeah. you know, certainly not bad. He's He's been yeah. consistent. It's really nice. Um, um, another, yeah, oh, I was going to say, before, before we go on, like you mentioned his speed. And... Um, I had it pulled up just a second ago and I, I clicked off of it because I'm an idiot. But um, yeah, so right now, so right now he's ranked 20th overall uh, in, in terms of his, his key speed. Last year was his best. He was 38th. So that's a nice jump up. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, shooting 83, uh, he shot 83% last year. Um, and this year um, he's, he's a little bit better, I think. Um mm-hmm. Uh, at eighty four and a half percent, so yeah, you know, it's just a, a nice little jump up. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you know, especially as as Hofer's definitely on his way out, that we're seeing, you know, somebody else that can come up and be like a good one two with with Hofer. Do you think he's on his way out, Hofer? Maybe he's not. I'm just assuming, right? Because he's, he's doing better than I thought he would, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, I guess I'm assuming because he's what thirty four. That uh, I thought he would give it like one more go and uh, and and let this be his. But maybe he's going to yeah, hang around but, for the Olympics. Well, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Like how how well, you you'll hardly ever have the opportunity, and then I don't know. Yeah. No, that's Just that's an excellent. More, point. Is it two more years, right? Two more years. Yeah. So, so so one season, and then the season after is the the Olympic yeah. year. So yeah. Um, yeah. No, he. I mean, he very well could hang around. Yeah. That'd be nice. And and. and and because if man, because if Biona can keep coming on and and Jacomel two years from now, he could be a top ten athlete. Oh yeah, that could be a pretty. If they can just find a and fourth, he's had a strong a, start too, hey, Jacomel. Yeah, he has. Yeah, blue babe right now. So mm-hmm. if um, man, yeah, if they can come on, if they can find a fourth for that relay, I mean, they could sort of steal a medal there and with their relay team, that'd be. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm, well, I'm mixed, daydreaming years ahead. Mixed relay. Yeah. Oh, the mixed relay for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because Jacamel's had uh, three top tens already. He's been just outside it a couple more times. You mentioned the Germans, but uh, Philip Navroth, Navroth as my as the, the top-placed German, not just the top-placed German, but the top-placed non-Norwegian in sixth place was right. yeah. certainly not something I anticipated. Um, I'm not... But then they also, was that? Well, I think we talked about that at the start of the season. And I, I don't know if if we got to that detail, but uh, I don't know. I thought Naroth was really strong last season already, and at you the did. end, yeah. No, I will. And, I will um, absolutely more give basically you for, that. for his consistency. 
but I'm, yeah, I'm glad that he can keep that up. And uh, Benny Dole is still Benny Dole. Yeah. He, he's um, still winning he said races. last year that this would be his last season, but yeah, uh, pr- apparently I read in some German uh, uh, news site that now he's like, "Wow, we're not sure yet." Good. <laughs> it may you know, not be good. I, I just I, I want to see him keep hanging around. Yeah. Um, your uh, I, I wanted to mention a couple of guys that uh, yeah. Eric Perrault. Uh, uh, Staunch- you beat me to it. That's who I was going to say. <laughs> no, he's, he, he's had a great start of the season, yeah. as well as um, Fabien Claude on the French team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though they're not uh, higher ranked than uh, QFM, they're making a really solid impression. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. for, for a number of aces, they felt like the strong, I think they were the stronger I think at, they were. Uh, French yeah. athletes. Yeah. Um, I'm really happy to see Sebastian Stalder. Stalder, yes, yeah. Uh, you know, keeps performing. Well, he's actually improved both in shooting and skiing. It's hard, hard uh, to improve in shooting last year. from where he was. And he already, yeah, and he had already a great year. So, uh, yeah, last year. So, um, no, you're was... you're you're totally right on that. Um, yeah, if you can just get his his teammate healthy. Speaking um, of solid one twos, yeah, no kidding. Uh, Planko, who uh, mm-hmm. has been in the picture, and especially in the last weekend, yeah. Um, he's super young too, isn't he? Yeah, he's twenty. Oh, what was it? Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Oh. Yeah, no, I'm Slovenia, right? And, and Alex Cesar is he's hasn't competed that much this year. I think he was sick or injured in the mm-hmm. fall. So, um, man, that's it'd be fun because he had a great junior career. Cesar did so, um, and Fock is still hanging around. So, yeah, they can uh, put and something I was together. So happy to see uh, Philip Horn. Philip Horn. I, I was going to mention him too. You're uh, the guy you gave a ride to. No, no, that was not him. Oh, I thought I thought it was okay. I apologize. No, I had a chat with him at the IBU Cup, and I remember when I saw him at the IBU Cup in camera last year. I mm-hmm. thought, oh, he must have been, you know, kind of done with the A team because mm-hmm. you know he's what twenty twenty nine twenty nine, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's back and delivering. Yeah. Okay. He, he so <laughs> he just shows up this last weekend and goes fourth, seventh, twelfth. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, um, there uh, was a couple of uh, small nation athletes who made big improvements mm-hmm. this year. Uh, Maxim Makarov of Moldavia, oh. uh, Jan Gunka from Poland, yes, George Koltea, who is not an unfamiliar name f- for some reason, but he's only twenty three, so he can't be can't I have been like, around that much. I feel like they highlight him every year or every week in the sprint. Not like I think he starts like they they somehow he's. I, in my memory, he's always starting like third. And so I just feel like I always see him every week. Um, other improvers for ski speed, even though he was already already fast, uh, Jacqueline, Emilien Jacqueline, but his shooting obviously is not as, yeah. uh, as good as it was. And then um, there was one. Oh, yeah. So uh, Dala, Johannes Dala, has actually increased his ski speed significantly. How is that possible? And yet still shooting better as well compared yeah. to last year. So he's so good. I, I just want him to win a race. That's all I ask for. Two second places already. 
I would like to see him even better than that, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Like so with I, his, you know, we all know his yeah. story. Yeah. Um, to to actually challenge JT Bo. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Because who do yeah. who who would you put your money on now for the overall uh, second Norwegian at the end of the season? Overall second Norwegian. Ah, it's always it's it's for me. It's going to be Lagred until he doesn't do it. Mm. Um, the second place three years in a row, and uh, the last four races going second, fourth, fourth, third, even without his top ski speed and didn't race the mm-hmm. mass start and he's still in fifth place overall. So I just think he's going to be, he'll be my pick until, until he doesn't, but I, I could go a lot of, I could go a lot of directions with it. Who's the next, Nor- next Norwegian you think after, after Lagrid? Mm-hmm. Oh, then I would go Dala. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's looked so good. I know, I know mm-hmm. Tariabu's ahead of him in the, in the standing still, but I just think that Dala has been better overall. Right. Which is silly, right? That's why they have overall rankings, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah. That's what my eyes tell me. Um, uh, and then last last guy that I, I had was uh, Florent Claude. I thought, you know, he had a good last mm. weekend. We talked about him already, but just wanted to. Yep. Just want to mention him. Yep. Anybody that has taken a step backwards for you? Other men or women? Kind of people that you were expecting a little bit more from this year. I, I have one yeah. off the top, right? If if you're okay with me starting, sure. Lisa Hauser just breaks my heart. Is she still uh, on the tour? <laughs> like I feel no, I'm, no, that, no. Uh, I know what you're saying. She she fun missed of it, last, but I haven't seen her yeah. at all. No, I know. Yeah, she um she she missed last week and she got sixth place in the in the individual. And then 22nd, 25th, 41st, 44th, and then missed the last three races because of COVID mm. or sickness. Because is she the, sorry to say this, the weakest Austrian right now? Um, yeah, I think so. I think Gondler's definitely better than her. Tamar, Tamara Steiner. Steiner's actually been shooting better. Um, I think she's probably third. I don't think that Ana Yupa has passed her yet. But. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, she's the third. Steiner, yeah. Gantler, Hauser, Yupa, Obertaler. Yeah, I think that's probably that's probably accurate. Um, yeah. So you know, on a personal level, of course, disappointment for you, but I think in general, yeah. yeah I um, agree. Campbell, right? Yeah. I don't know. No. Maybe you should have just stayed in uh, New Zealand or something, because <laughs> I don't think this switch did him any good. Well, not yet, anyway. So uh, no, but it, it's unfortunate. Uh, I, I, I don't know. He he just seems up and coming, and I think yeah. we've talked about uh, so for more swing, uh, what jinx or yeah, yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, he just maybe had some issues with getting adjusted. Uh, was he sick at the end of the preseason? Is he that right? Was he was sick? Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. Though I, I still expected to see a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Hartwig this night is yeah. uh, somebody who I hoped to see coming out running after uh, the last season, mm-hmm. but he's had some struggles and sick and. Yeah, yeah. So, and even in Sweden, like I don't know if he was starting to get sick, but he wasn't really sick yet. Um, didn't right. look great. 
He reminded then, uh, me a bit of that race uh, that he had last year where he later dead. described his batteries were dead. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, but then he came back pretty strong, but, uh, yep. so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to see that. Um, some other people that I don't want to say disappoint, but I had hoped or expected higher was QFM. Mm-hmm. Um, starting to make me think that the uh, the win two years ago was a bit of a outlier, not a level that he would maintain. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Vidova yeah. is having a rough start, but maybe that has what? to do with how she planned her season for the yeah. World Championships. Yeah, so it looked it looked a little bit like she might be turning the corner. Yeah. Um, but but. When she looked like that, she turned another corner in the yeah. wrong direction again. So, um, Kabinger, um, not uh, sick, yeah, yeah, no, not start she'd hoped, yeah, just sort of missed Lisa everything. Hauser, right? you, you mentioned her already, yeah, Amy Bezerga, kind of similar yeah. to uh, to Hardwick, yeah, not the, the start or continuation of the last year, and then, um, my it's really makes me sad to say, but Simonator. Yeah. Seems to uh, kind of be yeah. on the decline. Yeah, we we talked about him in the past that if he could keep shooting in the way he was, then that's how he could keep being competitive. But mm-hmm. that's sort of sort of stopping the case. Yeah. Um, this might just be me, but I was I, I was really excited by uh, Polona Klementic last year, and uh, you know. Maybe this this isn't her sophomore year or her second year, but first year after that big breakthrough, you know, it definitely has not been a repeat of the same. And uh, Samuela Comola, uh, similar sort of story. I think last year at the second half of the season, she came on really strong, and um, but haven't seen it as much this year. Almost to the point where um, there are a lot of really young uh, Italians, and and I'm starting to get a little bit nervous about her her spot long term on the Italian team, but. Um, we'll see. I think that, uh, I think she's still, still safe there for a little while, but yeah, we'll see. Um, and then, and then over on the men's side, um, I don't know why every year I think that this is going to be the year that Felix Leitner kind of breaks out and, um, hasn't really happened yet. He's not having a bad year. He's in 28th overall. I, I actually was gonna, I was considering naming him as one of the athletes that seem to be doing quite well. So far. Yeah, I just, I see his shooting every year and I'm like, oh man, if he could just, he doesn't even have to be fast. He just needs to be okay. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Um, but he's shooting a lot better than last year, though. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned Ader. Um, yeah, I don't think I can. Uh, I would say, in general, the Czech men, uh, I, I mm. got excited about them last year. So, Strateki and Kurt Marchin. Um, Vaklovic, you know, I kind of was, I was excited about them, but again, that might just be me and my expectations were probably too high. Sorry. I said that, uh, um, Leitner is shooting better, but he's not compared to last year. So you, was there somebody else you had? Yeah. But, uh, it escaped me right now. Well, Uh, come back to me. You mentioned, uh, QFM. And uh, we talked a little bit about the French men, but how do you think that year one under uh, Simone Fourcade is going? 
It's a little bit of a loaded um, question. Well, I don't know if it's loaded, but I just don't see any difference. Well, I see a difference. It's just not the difference you want to see. Well, the, the no, but difference. I mean, I think from what I understood is that one of the reasons why the uh, relationship with the previous coach didn't continue was that the atmosphere wasn't good in the team. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that they're, you know, not a good team, both in, in performance as and in um, uh, how, they, how they handle or each other or how they're with each other. But I also don't see a massive change. Like it, I remember QFM saying that he kind of lost the, uh, and, and uh, Jacqueline mentioned that as well, that they kind of lost the joy of biathlon for a while. Yeah. And, you know, just based on what I see on the TV, I can't say that they're overjoyed to be on the world cup right now. <laughs> no. And of course it doesn't help if, if you're, you know, your performance is not great, but, I don't. Know, I just don't see. The only difference I see is that that others uh, maybe do well under uh, Fourcade, uh, Claude, and uh, Perrault. But I mean, yeah. that can also just be a natural progression improvement, of young talent yeah, progression. But yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't see a, a massive change. No, I. Yeah, I don't know. I agree. It's probably, you know, maybe those things take a lot longer too, but. Just in team atmosphere, I don't see a relief or a, an extra joy or that kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and I think that uh, Fiona Maia and, and Jacqueline are probably just really strong personalities. And so I don't know if they're going to necessarily react well to any coaching. And, and I don't, I, I'm not trying to throw them under the bus. Like, that's not what I'm trying to do. Um, no. But I think that they're. Like I think they're strong personalities, and and we have seen what they can do when they're on their top game, which is be some of the best biathletes in the world. But for whatever right. reason, and and I think the reasons are quite different for each of them, but um, they are certainly not at the top of their game. And um, I don't, again, like you said, I don't know how much that is coaching because I don't see a whole lot of difference. Um, Jacqueline, for one, is racing just like Jacqueline, and maybe that's all the way he's always going to well, be that way. But that's also something yeah. that. You know, I was hoping that a new coach would maybe yeah. have him focus on other things and, and help him be more successful and, and kind of go past the typical Jacqueline issues. Yeah. But it doesn't, again, it doesn't really seem to have made a big difference. So, no, uh, not at all. Um, like, I, you just watch him race and he's the exact same guy. I almost. Yeah the exact same guy with just slightly worse performance right but it, mm-hmm. I mean, it looks the same um and I, maybe you're right maybe feel may maybe that was just a maybe that was just a, a f- sort of a fluke you know i don't think he's i think he's better than this i think he's better than 14th in the world but mm-hmm. at some point performance is what it is and maybe he's not um yeah. I, I was actually having an internal debate is perot like is he already the best French male biathlete. I, I don't think he is. I think that Fiona is still better than him, but I don't think it's, I don't think the gap is very big. Yeah. And I personally, I would still bet on Jacqueline to finish over Perot in the Probably. total. Yeah. But I mean, Perot, and yeah, I think it's, when I, it's not going to be much longer. Yeah. Like, when I, when I was thinking that Perot had these, had finishes of 10th, 7th, 10th, and 11th in a row. It's 
right. probably as consistent as anybody has been on the French team. Um, so, but yeah, yeah. I, I, he's 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 good, and I, and maybe that's maybe that's the bet. Maybe the bet is that that Perot and Emilia and Claude and maybe Fabian Claude are um, more receptive, and that Fionnier is be. is a little bit older. And Jacqueline is who he is, and so nothing is going to touch him. And so we might as well focus on those young guys and develop them. Hmm. Um, and if if that's the bet, then I think it's going to pay off. But no, I don't know. It's a it's a it's a difficult team to sort out, and uh, you know the the French are they've got all the talent, but they're not making it easy on themselves. Um, um yeah. No, I was going to say in general, I'm. Uh... A uh, bit disappointed in the Canadian athletes. Yeah, not just you know th- that I was hoping the performance would be higher, but um, you know with the sickness, Emma Lunder has missed most of the season. Yeah, so I know far. it's been tough because um, she was sick in the first weekend, I think. By the way, I think uh, we're cursed because last season we had like before last season we had interviewed. <sighs> Jules Bernard and uh, and Vanessa Hens, they both retired. In the offseason this year, we interview Emma Lunder, we interview Hannah Kabinger and Nicholas Hardbeck, and they all got sick. Right? Yeah. And they all missed substantial time. So, so even know, if maybe, the Austrian Federation calls us that Seamanator wants to talk to us, we're going to just decline. Gonna, no, decline. Yes, exactly. Yeah, not going to no. happen. Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> no, but it's just, uh, you know, I... Adam Runnels is actually uh, doing better than Christian Gao, which, you know, I would. He's got a great stash, by the way. Closing. Great mustache. Yeah, he's had it for a long time, eh? Yeah, he looks really great. I heard really the good commentator on say that he uh, seemed to have forgotten that November is over, but he's had it for a couple of years at least. He's had it for a couple of years, I know. Uh, the but, commentator you know, Every commentator yeah. can make a mistake sometimes, right? Yeah. Yep. There we yeah, he, I mean, he actually is no. having a solid year. Um, it's not as good as last year was, but I think that it depends on how January, February go. Like he could, we, he could very well end up higher than he was last season. Yeah, no, I think Adam is is having a, a, a solid season again, and, mm-hmm. and um, if he can continue that, he'll probably end up the, uh, the best Canadian. Um, and I think Nadia Moser is actually also, um, you know, still having a decent season, but. Mm-hmm. I was just hoping that uh, they they continue uh, getting closer to the top, and hopefully that will still happen. Uh, I would say Nadia Moser, well, and hopefully uh, you know Emma Lunders is getting better over the over the break and yeah, able to perform uh, at her standards. Yeah, I still really like the Canadian team. Like, I just I don't know exactly what happened. You know, like I think Nadia Moser was getting stronger. I think Benita Pfeiffer has actually looked okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll see Emma Lunder hopefully get get healthy. And I still like the core of that team that's there. Same thing on the men's side. Like, I actually, I really like Adam Reynolds. Um, and I think he's got a, a ton of talent. I think that um, Christian Gao is still really good. Uh, Trevor Kears um, has has had some moments. So hopefully, we'll see them. Um, sort of a similar story on the on the U.S. side, like except there have been there have been better overall performances. I just, I'm not disappointed, but just um, you know, I just like I think I think more of it where it rests is more with uh, you know, Campbell Wright. I was really hoping that seeing him come over with uh, right. uh, Germain and they both had that great um, 
junior world's performance last season. But still, I mean, uh, Jake Brown and Vincent uh, Bonacci have had some good good performances. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, on the IBU Cup, Bonacci. Yeah, had a had a good performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the women's side, um, DJ Irwin had had has actually looked really good. But um, I think uh, sort of um, showing the loss of. Uh, of Joanna Reed and um, Kelsey Dickinson's look good. I think Chloe Levins is going to be back uh, in the, in the, in the new trimester as well. So that'll be good, but um, it's, it's definitely been a growth year uh, for, yeah. for the U S team. Um, now I think one of the most difficult to predict things, um, I shouldn't say difficult to predict, but one of the most difficult um or one of those contentious debates, that's the way I'll phrase it, has been uh, who should be the person who gets sent down from the Norwegian team, right? They started the year with seven bibs, and now they're, 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 they sort of played with it a little bit and got lucky that one of their lucky is not the right word, but um, they didn't have to really make a decision because they were able to, to start six in the mass start because Lagarde was disqualified. I think they could have even started seven, but um, hmm. now they seem to have made a choice over what to do in January and they're going to go into Oberhof with uh, JT Bo, Tarja Bo, Dalla Lagrid, um, Stromsheim and Johan Boten, B-O-T-N and uh, Surum is going back to the IBU Cup and Christensen is taking the week off to give himself an extra long break and then in Rup holding Christensen is already guaranteed a spot so it comes down to who gets the last bib. Hmm. And presumably it'll be between Stromsheim, Surum, uh, Boten. Um, I guess if somebody else does amazingly well in the IBU Cup, um, considering you know the Norwegians have, what, four of the top five spots. Um, I don't know if you would throw Lagreed in that mix as well. I, I tend to think that he is secure in his spot, but I'm just curious to see what you would do with it. Uh I don't know. Like to me, it sounds really bitter for Serum to be in 15th spot on the World Cup, yeah. um, and I think he missed a few races as well. Yeah, two races. Yep. So he didn't even get and a chance then, to accumulate points in the in the sprint or the pursuit yeah. in Lenzerheide. And then to be, and I mean, that might have been something they already talked about that they want to give their top IBU Cup athletes all a chance, but. And then I was also thinking of uh, uh, the dude that was the one Oslo or second in Oslo, Bakken. Bakken, yep. So you know, um, I, was I, I think it. he's still not fully training, even, but he's still like, out there. You've got uh, also you've got Nevland, Overby, Uldal, um, and Paulson are in second, third, fourth, and sixth on the IBU Cup. Um, Philip Field Anderson. I, I, I'm going back to. You know what we've talked about earlier, like, yeah, check your family roots. Yeah, you know. Well, I think about Philip Field Anderson. Any other country in there? <laughs> yeah. So Philip Field Anderson, right? Was was he sort of seemed like a lock a couple of years ago, and he is just like his brother retired, but Philip Field Anderson didn't retire. But he's nowhere to be seen. He's relegated to like local races at this point, um, right. or national, right? It's just. Well, and I wouldn't even call that retired. 
Yeah. To me, that feels like a quit. Like yeah. I, do, I just don't yeah. want to. It's just, yeah. Don't want to, don't want to compete anymore or, or try to uh, battle with this. It's just, it's nuts. I do wonder how that would work in the IBU if, uh, um, let's say Serum marries a Dutch woman. Could he go? And, yeah. and gets dual citizenship with, with a Dutch passport. Could he participate for Holland now, now that he's already participated for Norway? Because I know in soccer, I think I mentioned it before, that if you played a number of matches for yeah. a national team, you can't switch necessarily and play on another team. Uh, I mean, so I don't know how it works, but you would... One of these yeah, guys uh, has to have some relative and like, like Lotte Lee being able to go to Belgium, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like somewhere. I just, it's hard. And it feels like a, a cheat almost, but at the same yeah. time, you know, I, I, I have a feeling if they were able to have 15 people on the tour, they would all be in the, in the top 30 on the men's I side. Don't, I don't think you're wrong. I think that at least Bowden, Nevlin, Overbeat, Uldahl, and Paulson, right? So there's five mm-hmm. more who you could just slide right in there. And when well, you look add- at the team and you're like, well, Taria must be, you know, being phased out. He's in second place. Like, uh, how, yeah. How are you going to phase that out? And how do you know he's not even getting better still? Yeah. So this is Bowden, uh this year has gone first, 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 second, first, second, first, third on the IBU cup. That's decent. Hmm. Yeah. He hasn't like, and he's never even gotten a chance on the world cup yet. Like, it's yeah. crazy to me. Yeah. This is a guy that before this season had a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten total IBU Cup races before this season. <laughs> How old is he? <laughs> he is uh twenty-four. He's he's practically old. Yeah. yeah I he just, needs to have a chance because otherwise he's uh he's gonna get passed up by, you know, some twenty one year old, right? It's just crazy. I I, oh. I at some point, I mean, I, you know that we've, it's just, I don't know what you do. Unless the entire, unless the entire, unless all of biathlon changes and it goes to like a professional rather than a, like a, like a professional team yeah, versus, based, professional yeah. team based. Yeah. Like I, otherwise I just don't know how really you, that, hope it. Yeah. You say you hope it, it doesn't. Yeah, I, no, cause it takes, well, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, would, there would be pros to that, but um, I just kind of alluded to this numerous times, or talked about it numerous times. The Dutch beat skating was in a very yeah. similar situation, and it just yeah. just feels really unfair for you know the sixth to fifteenth Norwegians that, yeah. it, based on everything, deserve a spot. But yes, I also don't want to see fifteen uh, Norwegians in the mass start. Yeah. Right. Which it probably would be. Yeah. Now, to be fair, so to be fair, uh, the Germans currently have four in the top 12 of the World Cup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. Sorry. No, I wasn't saying take anything they, away, but. No, no, no. I was going to say they have four in the top 12 of the World Cup. And then on the IBU Cup, uh, Philip Horn is in fifth. Danilo Rithmuller is in seventh. Simon Kaiser, Simon Kaiser is in eighth. And Lucas Fratcher is in ninth. So they've got four in the top nine of the IBU Cup, too. So. I mean, the the German men are doing awesome, but no, I I totally agree. I I don't know that I want to see just Norwegians 
running away with it. But on the other hand, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard because with the professional teams, you would then, you know, expect that they would spread out. Yeah, but I don't know. You would still end up with two bows on one team, probably, and maybe a third. Maybe a third. (laughs) Just but there's so many pull a bow out of the crowd. (laughs) Yeah, and I think in the end you would end up with a mass start with 15 Norwegians who happen to be on five different professional teams. But I know. Oh. Yeah, it's hard. I don't know what the right answer is, um, but I just I think that either Ziggy Mize has the easiest choice in the world or the hardest because either he's going to be right no matter what, and these guys it doesn't matter hmm. who he picks, they're all going to win, or uh, it's hard because he's going to get second guess because he's going to send Surum down, who's going to then go ahead and like win two races and get a podium in the other one, right? So I just um, think about the pressure, right? Because yeah. like Surum now, so you're 15 in the World Cup. Now you have to go back at the IPU Cup. What if your first race is oh, a 27th place? You better perform. You, and then the next race, you're like, th- there must be so much pressure to be like, okay, I was at the World Cup. Now I need to prove that I still belong there. Yeah. But there's, you know, on the IPU Cup, there's five other Norwegians challenging me for the top spot. Yeah. And, you know. Assuming that Bowden is going to do some work there on the World Cup. I don't know. Well, and then I can only. Yeah. Like the fact that you and I are talking about Sterla Holmlug, right? He must be pretty certain about this spot. That even someone like him. Yeah. Number two in the last three years. Yes. Yeah. That shouldn't even even be mentioned. He has two or three weekends in a row. Not going well. Yeah. <laughs> it's not impossible. No. Some... And like, I, yeah, it's not, it's not impossible. Where if he comes out, if he comes out in the second trimester and looks like he did in Sweden, I could yeah. see it. It's not impossible. I don't think they would drop him after one race weekend. I still think, I still um, think, I still think like but... you said, they would be more likely to say, Hey, go home. Right. Yeah. We'll say you're yeah. sick or something. You need to go home, recover, whatever, right? Like, <laughs> we'll say you're, we'll give you, we'll write you a sick note. <laughs> yeah, I just something, right? Just like what they're doing with Christians and like, hey, you take an extra weekend off and we'll have you back mm. in group holding, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I don't know what they do. I hope the band in uh, Nova Misto is practicing their Norwegian anthem. <laughs> they're gonna need it <laughs> yeah they might might have to play once or twice <laughs> every they're gonna have to play it every single race um uh speaking of uh nova mesto so that's obviously coming up later this year for world championships but uh they ibu did release the schedule for next season mm-hmm. didn't didn't expect to see that already but they released it and um any surprises um well I know surprise, but no North American uh, stops. Yeah. Um, surprise, maybe not, but I was hoping to see um, a stone. No, uh, I can't yeah, think. Otapa, yeah, yeah. I was hoping to see them again. Yep. Um, but at the same time, happy to see uh, Anasi back on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I was. I thought it was interesting that uh, Osterson wasn't on there. That uh, Polkiuka mm. came in and the. Yeah. The the second to last spot. Yeah. Did you look at the individual races at all? No. 
So I, I just had a curiosity. I did right. And in Conti Lati, they are starting off with the um, with the the first week, and they go go single mixed and then mixed, and then they do relays and then short individuals instead of full length individuals. Hmm. So that was interesting. I don't remember seeing a short individual scheduled before. Obviously, they've run them because of sort of a backup plan. Yeah, but I didn't remember them seeing on the World Cup at least scheduled as a short individual. And then they're going huh. sprint mass start. So Do you think that's because a lot of people find a individual just take too long? I don't know. There I looked through the rest of the week, the rest of the season after that and that's the only short individual on the on the season. Um but then they go they finish the and weekend that's in with Contelati? Yep, sprints and then mass start so they don't have a pursuit that weekend, just the sprint and then mass start. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just interesting to me that they put a mass start so early. That's not a whole lot of time to accumulate points. Well, and I think the pursuit is such a, well, I don't know. I think it's a really fun race. Yeah. So to have a sprint and then not a pursuit is, um, it feels weird. interesting, but so, yeah, so no, uh, mass start 60s in there. Uh, I did not see a mass 60. I just saw the regular mass starts. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're there yet. No, it doesn't look like it. Um, I did see, and maybe this is something that they've always done, but it just struck me as weird. The single mixed relay is all by itself on a on a day in the World Championships. Sort of a short day. Oh, I like that though. You know, I yeah, it gives gives the gives the nations a chance right to compete both right. Yeah, and the mixed yeah. and the single mixed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was the only. Those are the only surprises. I, again, I just okay. I like Polkuka, uh, so it's it's fun to see it back on there. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you have been working on a project, and I don't know if you wanted to give us a little bit of a, a preview oh, on it. Just one. <laughs> well, yeah, I know you, but but you've been there's one that you've talked to me a lot about, so I wanted to see if you were ready to preview it, or if you wanted to uh, just keep it in the bag for a little while. No, it's just, um, and I didn't mention her in, in the beginning. I'm just, I am really impressed with Lampage, despite her almost. Um, she just shoots a little bit better than I do. But she skis a little bit faster. But no, but like... Um, so you caught me while I was drinking and I almost spat it all over the- <laughs> <laughs> But if you see, like, there was uh, a recent race where I think she had six penalty loops. Yeah, <laughs> it was this past weekend. <laughs> and and she still, like, she was in the top three, I think, for ski speed. <laughs> was she not fastest? I- no, that was... Um, might have been two races. There, there was one where she had a lot of penalty loops, so she had to do all the extra meters, and she was still. Uh, and and it's to the point where I just can't um, understand how you know. Look at Elvira on her top day; she's yeah. flying. Yeah. And then there's somebody else that, if you would just have them ski faced or uh, you know. Uh, one-on-one together. Yeah. She would cross the finish line 25 seconds before Elvira did. It's insane. Because I just feel like, you know, at some point your skill cannot be so much better. Like I'm not a, a, you know, professional looking at, at skiing technique, but I know that there's a number of biathletes that have really good technique. Like how much, how can you be so much better still? And yeah, maybe so, one day you hit the wax, but 
it's like almost every race. Did you, so a penalty so, loop is. So sorry. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to cut you off uh, just to go back to your actual question. So yeah. what I'm interested in to see is that Lampich hasn't lost much speed, but her shooting is still not really great. Where Stina Nielsen um, seemed to lose quite a bit of her speed and seemed to shoot a bit better, but hasn't been when she started biathlon and then um, she hasn't been doing great either. So I just wanted to see between those two um, where are they yeah. at, and then also compare that to uh, Denise Herman, mm-hmm. who of course made the switch quite a bit earlier, so different times. And I also but, uh, was thinking of adding the uh, the Swedish um, athlete, but I thought that was so long ago that I don't really think that those at ERC can necessarily compare. Where at least yeah. these three have some overlap. So um, yeah, I'm I'm still working on that, but um, just really curious to see if there's a trend with switchers so to speak uh with regards to ski speed and uh and shooting ability yes i'm fascinated in that um especially because and i don't know what you'll find but in my in my just watching it it feels like stina nielsen has lost a decent amount of her speed that she had when she first uh Mm -hmm. first arrived so um and you know I, i can see that um with getting adjusted to shooting that you would choose to give up a bit of your speed with practicing mm-hmm. more on, on, uh, on the shooting side. But I would still expect somebody who's won gold medals in cross country skiing to be in the top, you know, 10 of, of skiing. And she seems to be well below that. Yeah. But anyway, um, I'll, I'm, I hope to I'm, publish that wait. in the next couple of days, but can't wait to see that. Uh, just what I was going to say is, do you know how many, do you know how many meters six penalty loops is? Yeah. It's 900 meters. Yeah. She basically skied an extra kilometer. Yeah. So <laughs> this is crazy to me. She's getting an extra kilometer and only finished, only finished what a minute, uh, oh, a minute and 58 seconds behind. That's just <laughs> oh. it's so funny to me. Um, like for example, like Preuss, she, she had, she went 20 for 20 in that race. And uh, uh, Lompich was uh, a minute and 12 seconds behind her. <laughs> it's just amazing. Yeah, it's absurd. Marit Skogan also had six penalty loops and finished uh, two minutes and uh, two minutes and 10 seconds behind Lompich. That's yeah. just nuts. Anyway. Well, and, I, yeah, so that pursuit. Yeah, she had 45% hit rate. Ski rank <laughs> one. 5.6% faster than the average ski time. <sighs> Forty-five, and then and then shooting shooting time is she's thirty seconds slower. Oh man, yeah. Well, you're almost. You you know, I want to see her when she shoots well, but I also Uh, like she just came in, knew she was going to miss, and just blazed away. Went like one for five, but (laughs) but had like a twelve second shooting time. So yeah, who knows? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, nah, that's why I, it just gives me the giggles. Because like you said, if she ever does start to hit, like the rest of biathlon's in trouble. But that's the big question. You got to be able to do both. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to debut something to you. This is something I've been kicking around. 
This is okay. a, a new idea for a relay. And just so everybody knows, this is not something I want to see on the World Cup because I think it would be a disaster. But I think it would be interesting to watch. And it, it sort of... Co- half of the group goes in opposite direction? No, that would be pretty fascinating. <laughs> um, no. This, so this is a... It's sort of like... You know how in the single mixed relay, how they you know they do the, the last shoot of the leg and then there's not another lap, lap after it? They basically just ski mm-hmm. over and... and and uh and uh hand off to their to the mm-hmm. next person so here's what i was thinking so it's a four leg relay and you could either do a mixed relay or you could do a um just a, like a men's relay and a women's relay and it goes prone standing prone standing and every athlete does like so they they so the first person starts they ski a lap they do their prone shooting and then they immediately hand off after that. So it's like prone shooting, you ski over, hand off. Then the next person gets on, they ski a lap, do their standing shooting, and immediately hand off. Then next person, prone shooting, ski a lap, shooting, hand off. Last person does her lap, standing shooting, and then does another lap and finishes. So each person only either shoots prone or standing. Um, and then it, it only has one lap of skiing, except for the last person who does two laps. And so you sort of have to divide up your person you got to be a little strategic with you know you know your put your better prone shooter better standing shooter you know obviously the norwegians would probably put i, I mean they'd probably put jt bow at the end just because he has the the strength with the two laps of skiing. well i was just thinking the strength of the two laps yeah of skiing. No, fair but, enough i know they they if, look they can't go wrong right but um i just yeah. think it would, it would bring a lot of uh just sort of uh tactics into play with you know who you choose for mm-hmm. what legs anyway i just thought it was what if right. you have a if you can add one more athlete, sure, who only skis. So that would be, I would be fascinated by that too, right? Um, and what made me think of this the other day was because I was watching the relay, and the relays are so long because it's basically four separate sprint races back to back to back to back, and it did just take like what an hour and a half mm-hmm. to run. And I was thinking, I would like to watch a relay and fast forward. And I was thinking, what is a way to do it? And in the shower, literally in the shower, I came up with this idea. <laughs> So um, you could make it even shorter if you have yeah. five athletes on the team yeah. that all exchange right after their shooting, yeah. but they only take one shot. So each athlete <laughs> has one target. Yeah, right. <laughs> to add some pressure. <laughs> yeah. So I'm. <laughs> yeah, and if you miss, you're done. Um, yeah, yeah, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just I would like to see it. Just like I said, I don't want to mm. see it on the World Cup. It's too stupid for that. But I just. I would like to see someone organize uh, like an event, like a summer world something or like a off Schalke where they just do silly things like this. And I want to see it run just because I want to see how it would take place. And I want to see how each team would organize their, organize their athletes. Well, submit it to the IBU. I, I certainly will. Yeah. Maybe we can get a, <laughs> yeah, I'll say we'll, we'll, we'll in soldier hollow and, you know, 12 years, whenever, you know, we'll, we'll organize an IBU yeah. cup race and we'll do it. Oh man, I just think it'd be fun. Just looking for new things. Got to yeah. keep it interesting. Well, I, but I do. I think you said Auf Schalke is a good uh, yeah venue for that. I I think they should. Well, I know it's taxing for the athletes as it is the World Cup, but to uh, to have a few more of those Auf Schalke events where it's just in a big stadium, and right? Even with short loops and stuff, and. You know, yeah. they could easily invite some IBU uh, athletes as well. Right. I, I think so. And and 
and it should it should just be like a fun thing right nobody has to do it but um i'm sure the money could be there especially like if you do it in stadiums like in in germany or france or you know sweden or whatever and uh um i i, I think people would come to see it it just it's biathlon in a, a different type of venue i think it'd be fun mm-hmm. speaking of off Schalke, it's uh running what day is it running I am not sure. 28th. But I, I wonder think. how many athletes are actually going to be there with all the... Uh, oh, that's a good question. People being sick. That's an excellent question. I was, that's what I was, I was actually looking to see if I could find a um, a start list. Uh, Roman Reese and Sophia Schneider. Hannah Kabinger and Benny Dole. Uh, Tandravold and Lagred, uh, Simone and Fabian Claude, uh, Lisa Hauser and Felix Leitner, Davidova and Kirchmarch, Lotelie and Florent Claude, Polona Clementich, Jakob Fock, Julia Zima, and Dimitro uh, Pedruchny, uh, Baserga and Stalder. Who apparently is Stalders with an S on the end, so maybe there are two of them that are going to be racing. <laughs> um. But. Uh, See, what I would have liked for oh, Schalke, yeah, that they would not uh, look at nationality. Yeah. You know, when Tarja Bo is like, hey, Doro. Let's do it. You know, yeah. Let's, or actually, let's I would just love to see uh, it. sign up together. Well, I was going to say, or the other thing I was going to say is you put, um, you know, you get like 12 men and 12 women to, uh, to do it and you just like randomly draw them. Yeah. Right. So uh, like, yeah, you know, know, you get, you get Sophia Schneider paired up with, you know, I don't know, Fabian Claude. And you're like, ah, that's an interesting team. Who knows? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Although I like your idea better The you know, just, just to see who would get paired up. Right. Cause how, how many people would, <laughs> would be excited to see uh, JT Boo and, and Doro? I mean, that would be, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's a good idea. But that, that uh-huh. one you should submit. Might be too late for this year. Well, next year. Plenty of opportunities. All right, we're like an hour and a half into this. Any other ideas? Any other thoughts? No, I think we uh, covered it all. Good. So now I can I can ask you the question I've been wanting to ask you. Who is going to win the overall for the women? Uh, the I first can make... person popping in my head is Justine Bejaboucher. Yeah, I say I can make a I can make a good argument for about six of them. I think it's a little bit of a stretch for everybody after that, but the top six I can make a, an argument for. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's a as good argument as anybody. Yeah, I, I uh, Tandervold is. I feel better for her than I did before the season. Yeah, and I can see her being one of the most consistent athletes this year. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to, after seeing seeing Justine Bajabouche this weekend, it's hard not to I know. think of when, her winning. But uh, She's on her game. Nobody can touch her. But the skills were, were there already, but now that she's also feeling more relaxed, yeah, that's, yeah. you know, the perfect combination, right? Yeah. Uh, for me, anybody in the top five, not... Again, in nothing against Julia Simone. It's just that she already won it last year. Um, anybody in the top five, I would be thrilled to see get their first overall mm-hmm. 
I just feel that, um, you know, getting peed in the face while you're changing diapers is a really good way to get your feet back on the ground and realize how lucky you are (laughs) skiing, you know? (laughs) That's, it is totally true for anybody out there who has had that experience. (laughs) Yeah. So I know. Oh man. The last night, uh, we were, uh, bathing, uh, uh, Alex and, and she pooped in the tub. And that was, she was so happy. She had the biggest smile on her face. Like she couldn't have been more proud of herself. And we're like, you've got to be kidding me. It's like, now we have to get you out. We have to bathe you again. Cause now you're sitting in poop water and now we have to clean out the tub. It's just like, that's a mess. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I can uh, tell you in advance that if you're here and it takes you about 20 minutes to wrap up your kit when it's minus 25 outside. Yeah. And then you wrap up the second kit and then oh, the no. first one's like, I pooped. <laughs> you have to take it all off again, but you have to take it off for both because otherwise they get yeah. way too hot. And oh, oh man, oh good, I'm really anyway, looking forward. What a to way it. to end this uh, podcast here. Yeah, we're talking about poop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Penalty Loop Podcast, brought to you by Penalty Loop um, Poopcast. <laughs> yeah, Poopcast. <laughs> Probably a good thing we don't have a sponsor. Yeah, I don't want to be yeah. associated with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, uh yeah i hope everybody had a merry christmas Uh, we're obviously recording this um before christmas but it's going to come out on boxing day um which as an american i have no idea what that is uh so uh i hope everybody has a happy boxing day um and you you don't know what it is we don't we i don't know what boxing day is i know it's on the calendar is well neither do i but i'm i'm really bad for for those kind of oh i don't know isn't that a standard I, thing is it more of an no, english thing it's an english thing yeah we definitely it's it's uh, on our calendars it says boxing day and just on december 26th but uh so you always I, think I, of a, a fight don't. in vegas with mike tyson and someone so else. that's i think of that too but i think it has more to do with like boxing things up and in my mind it's like oh i don't mm. want this i'm gonna put it in a box and return it i don't think that's what it is but um <laughs> so you mean it's know. the day after everybody the, gives each other presents yeah so exactly can, it's like oh yeah. this is this is junk <laughs> why would you give me this yeah <laughs> All right. uh, so everybody uh, I hope you had a Merry Christmas a good Boxing Day a Happy New Year have we'll a great New Year 2024 yeah. sounds good take care man.